Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk to Kelly Mahalik, Chief Marketing Officer at Alight Solutions. She details her journey with the company and how her role enables a mindset for reinvention. She also shares her surprising response to when someone gets her name wrong in an email. AJ has a customer service nightmare and Vincent lends an ear. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? It's me, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products at Starista and the co-host of this, The Marketing Stir. It is so good to be back. I felt like it's been a while, but it's only been like a week because we issue an episode a week, but I've missed you, our listeners and viewers. Ah, so good to be back. Starista, who are we? Let's pay the bills. I'm kidding. We're not really paying any bills, but I like saying that as I hear it on the radio. Starista, we are an identity marketing company. We have our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data. We help companies acquire new customers by utilizing that data, email marketing, We also own our own DSP, where people want to execute media. They could do connected TV, account-based marketing campaigns. That's a lot of acronyms I just threw at you. I get it, but email me at vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am that we could help you. I just gave you my email address. The other thing I'm confident about, the other person I'm confident about, is my co-host, ladies and gentlemen, from San Antonio. My fearless leader, AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Hey, you know what I was thinking? One of the advantages of having a podcast is I can tell you about my uh, bad experience with a uh, food delivery place yesterday for Mother's Day. Uh, Oh, don't you see? And then that's it. (laughs) I've been waiting for this. (laughs) And then the next thing you know, you're a lifetime member. And that never happens again. Go ahead. Get it out there, AJ. Yeah, yeah. So ordered some Mother's Day sushi and grill from Kono Grill and Uber Eats. I got a call from 45 minutes from my uh, Uber delivery driver, very nice lady. And she said, hey, they want to know they're missing a few items. Should they cancel the order or just deliver? And I said, well, at this point, might as well deliver. So she brought the food and it was a large bag. But when I opened it, there were only three things that made it. One was a little <laughs> bowl of rice. The other one was uh, looked like pot stickers from a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the third one was uh, was sushi that seemed like it was made a few days ago as well. So uh, by, by missing a few items, I think they meant they were missing practically everything except rice and whatever was in the fridge. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty big restaurant and a good chain now. Uber Eats credit, they refunded most of it. So, uh, but, you know, uh, I, I had to do a take two for dinner for Mother's Day. So Let's see. So what's the name of that restaurant again? Uh, Kono Grill. Kono Grill. If you're listening, you gave them some gas station sushi. You gave them 11 day old pot stickers and you gave them just white rice. And it's just, rice. You know, everyone has white rice. Like, that's uh, on and on Mother's Day for the wonderful Candace Gupta. Uh, you know, she's worth way better than that. So, but at least, you know, say, hey, maybe they're listening to the podcast. They're marketing fans, maybe, and they uh, are listening to the podcast. But good. I'm glad you salvaged it, at least, though. Yep. 
yeah, I salvaged it with a uh, much better effort from dinner. I ordered twice as much food, so I figured even if they're missing a few <laughs> items, we'll have enough. So I got enough for the rest of the week now. See, you're smart, you manage. That's why you're our fearless leader and our CEO, AJ. That's awesome. And yeah, happy belated Mother's Day out there for all the mothers. Uh, you know, my wife, she has awful allergies. I was just telling our wonderful guest, Kelly, that. Uh, that's a little sneak peek. Kelly's coming on in a moment. And my wife has awful allergies for these three years for for three weeks sorry <laughs> every day for three years she's just sneezing no for three weeks and it's always around her birthday and mother's day and because of these allergies she never wants me to get her flowers like ever because she'll they'll make her sneeze and she never wants to do anything so it's like we celebrate her birthday and mother's day in like july but it still was fun we had spent some time with the boys but Enough about us, AJ. We have another amazing guest. I'm so happy we have her on the podcast because I really want to get her perspective. I'm very interested in her, very interested in the company, Alight Solutions. That's right, Alight Solutions. So please, a warm marketing stir welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Chief Marketing Officer, Kelly Mahalik. What's going on, Kelly? Hi, Vincent. How are you? Doing great. Hanging in there. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you bet. I'm thrilled to be here with you and AJ. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so wonderful to have you. I hope, uh, did you enjoy your Mother's Day? I did. Yep. Yeah. I, I have the privilege of being a mom to three kids. So I have two daughters in high school and, you know, they were, they were writing me notes about, so they're, they're starting to understand things. All of the sacrifices and things in the real world, right? So, on that end, I was getting these thank you notes about, you know, being there for them and the sacrifices we make and really, you know, helping set them up for the future. And then I have an eight year old son mm -hmm. who was like, thanks for the pizza and, uh, <laughs> and letting me play Fortnite. This <laughs> was really cute to see. Oh, that that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and that what a great way to start the podcast, you know, how grateful they are and, and, and putting, you know, things into perspective. That's, uh, that's great. Now, Kelly, for, for people who don't know Alight Solutions, uh, I want to hear, you know, tell people about Alight. And then I'd love to learn about your role as chief marketing officer there, some of your kind of day to day responsibilities as well. Yeah, absolutely happy to. So Alight Solutions provides um, data-driven workforce solutions to employers so that they can help their employees make better decisions around their health benefits, their retirement benefits, and their payroll. So we have a tremendous amount of data that enables when you start looking at together and put an, an AI personalization engine on top of it, that we can really provide guidance for individual employees so that they're making the best decisions for themselves and their families. And so that results in a better outcome for them that ultimately ends up and results in a higher return on investment for employers and better outcomes for, um, for their bottom line. So we're just thrilled to you know, be investing in AI and technology to bring this um, forward to our clients. I love it. And then talk to me about, you know, your role as chief marketing officer. And then I, my other question about that is I love your journey. Uh, I, I want to find out about how you got into marketing and, and uh, don't think I didn't notice, you know, director, VP, and then 
chief marketing officer. I want to talk about that. Uh, but before I get to there, Kelly, just some of your day to day, you know, things that you know your your team. You, uh, you know, are you you work closely with sales? It's the, the age old marketing and sales thing. So, uh, would love to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so at Alight, we're like a twenty five year old startup. So um, we were um, back. We started as Hewitt, right? Hewitt and Associates. Uh, Aon purchased us several years ago. And then about four years ago, we carved off um, and were private equity carve off. And at that moment, four years ago, we had to create a new brand, a new company, a new purpose, vision, values, website, content, you name it, in three months. And so this last year is when I um, stepped into this leadership role and we are reinventing ourselves once again. So every day for me is really working with the team and our business stakeholders and sales and product, et cetera, to really get ahead of, okay, what's next for us? And how do we make sure that marketing is that strategic business partner helping move things forward? So, you know, that that can involve anything from as as everybody on this, you know, on this show will know anything from, okay, let's make sure that we get some really exciting swag out to the team, right? So that they can feel proud to be here and and proud to be on Zoom and they're like here to really thinking about our strategic go to market and how we're going to make sure that as we go up market and talk to the C-suite, which is one of our big aspirations, how do we make sure we don't alienate who are current buyers and relationships that we have today. So, you know, there's just, a, um, I, I feel so honored to be able to have a conversation about t-shirts and then a conversation about business strategy in the very next day. I, I love that. And uh, I know AJ's chomping at the bits to, to ask you a question, but the, the other question is talk to us. We always like to ask our guests this is because it's never a path of like, I studied marketing and here I am. It's usually like a philosophy major turn in marketing. But uh, talk to us how you got involved in marketing. And and I'd love to, your, your journey just at Alight, I love seeing that um, over the course of the year. So talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career, so I was a IT major, um, you know, started at IBM, uh, working on IT outsourcing, contracts and really looking at the processes that we undertook to go to market, soup to nuts, right? From uh, getting a new client engaged with our marketing material to working the contract, to onboarding them, implementing new solutions, et cetera. I did that for several years and then moved on. um, Right on my 30th birthday, I stepped into my first manager role and um, I was managing 42 people across the U.S., 40 men, two women, and they were off doing kind of that engagement, sales engagement motion um, uh, for mid-range servers. So putting together mid-range solutions for various clients across our portfolio. When I, when I needed a change, I moved to Hewitt and they were doing the same thing. Hey, we're going to go back to market we're going to get in and start selling, start growing, et cetera. So we need to build, you know, a solutions team, a sales operations team, et cetera. So we did that for a couple of years and got to know the business. And then um, the cloud was invented 
right? So whereas we used to do solutions on enterprise on-prem um, uh, products, we needed to change our complete model to be uh, enabling cloud solutions to be much more nimble in what we did. And instead of bringing in two or three big deals a year, we had to go to two or three big, you know, two or three deals a week. So I helped the team kind of build that new offer. And in parallel, we were looking for a head of marketing for just that, that business unit, right? And I'll tell you, we looked for about a year and um, I, I always say we were looking for that unicorn, right? Somebody who had deep um, domain experience, deep marketing experience, could kind of navigate our interesting matrix of stakeholders. And um, we were coming up empty-handed. So I just got a bit impatient and raised my hand and said, look, why don't you take a chance on me? I'm getting... When this person comes in, they're going to take a lot of the things off my plate that actually excite me and get me up in the morning. So, you know, if you are, are willing to take a chance on me, then I'm willing to dive in. And the head of the business unit at the time said, it's interesting. If you can convince the CMO that you're the right person, even without any marketing background, then let's go for it. So I met with her and she was like, I know marketing. I can teach you marketing. I don't know how that team operates. I don't know the product. I don't know any of it. So let's do this. And um, I just never looked back. I've enjoyed every minute of it since. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you bet. Well, yeah, I love your uh, background, by the way. I have orange here and then teal is our other company color. So you have a teal background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> uh, Kelly, I heard that you guys are planning on launching a new website. Would love to hear more about that, what's gone into it and what are some of the changes you're doing? Yeah, so we actually had our successful launch about a week ago and um, we launched our, our global website. Um, it is in 10, there's 10 different sites, right? Domains and six languages um, and we have been working on that for 10 months, right? Um, and the, the, what really made that a necessary project for us is I had mentioned, you know, 25 year old startup and that we had created this whole new company in three months. So our website was not scalable. It was a bit of a band-aid, right? We've got to get a storefront out there, if you will. Um, so we always knew in the back of our mind, we were going to need to um, create the appropriate infrastructure and build the right scalable, leverageable site. But Alight has done, I think it's somewhere along the lines of seven M&A transactions in three years, and many of them global. So you can imagine if you have an infrastructure that's not scalable and you're trying to bring in these new brands, new solutions and geographies into the fold, it was just, it was impossible to do. So we said, okay, we uh, acquired a, a global payroll provider called NGAHR. Um, you know, that expanded our reach 
um, as well as our employee base. We now have in-country marketing um, in Germany and France, right across Europe and even in Latin America. And so our site has provided this global presence with that local, you know, local feel where, where needed. And um, knock on wood, it's been a really well-received um, and early, early numbers are showing us that, you know, it's performing very well. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, obviously given the size of the company and uh, the expansion, the identity of the company has changed over the period of time that even you have been there. Can you take us through a little bit of some of the kind of core uh, identity messaging and brand messaging that's changed over the years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll have to say we've found ourselves in a constant battle with what we do today and what we aspire to be, right? Which I, I'm certain is, is a common story. Um, and so this past year, we've really focused in on embracing that and saying, okay, every company much like ourselves is in a constant state of transformation in one way or another right? Whether it be adapting to a pandemic, um, doing M&A transactions, right? Going from a private to a public, et cetera. Um, and those needs are ever-changing. So we talk now, instead of big scale transformations, we talk about next level transformation. So what might be important for an organization um, that is maybe less mature in their digital journey, right, is just getting to what's next versus someone who is even closer to um, or has been on their digital journey for a while, then they're going to be talking about personalization, just like in marketing, right? You've kind of got to have the basics done first, and then you've got to leapfrog into that personalized AI-driven, data-driven decision-making, et cetera. So our messaging is, is followed suit to really be flexible to what our clients need versus what we think they need. Um, the other thing that we've done that's been hopefully a game changer for us is we operate in this B2B2C space. So while employers, CHROs, are our buyers, our technology and our solutions show up for employees, right? So where we were before is we had our um, initial brand, which was um, black and white photography, um, black and yellow and gray, period. And the consumer side, our product team always said, that's beautiful for a, for a master brand, but we can't translate that to a desktop solution, right? It's not... Um, flexible enough, it's not um, calming enough, right, where your employees are interacting with things. So this last year, we embarked on um, an initiative to bring those identities together. Um, so you see us now um, with color photography, you see us bringing in a secondary color palette and an illustration module, and those are mirrored in then our B2C products and brands. So that's huge for us um, that we did this last year as well. And uh, Kelly, is the new website, is that alight.com? It's alight.com. Oh, yeah. A-L-I-G-H-T for those listening, 
uh, to the uh, podcast. So uh, thanks for sharing that as well. So Kelly, I my question is more on the, you mentioned your core client are, you know, different level uh, enterprise companies, but talk to me about the nitty gritty because I'd love to see if people are listening out there. Who are your targets, right? Well, what are the, what are the uh, job titles within organizations that you're marketing to and what size company makes sense for a light? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, we are a complicated business, right? Um, but we do have solutions that are from anywhere um, a thousand employees all the way up to, um, you know, giant organizations that have presence um, all around the world. Um, we we sell and go to market at various levels. So the C-suite, if we have relationships there, can have conversations there, that um, ROI story really resonates, right? Um, and we're learning more and more as we've all had experiences over the past year, right? And sending employees at home, having employees balance all of the things that they have to, right? Children in the background, Zoom meetings happening, um, you know, dogs barking, all of those things. You know, we've learned that the C-suite in general is starting to become more empathetic to the needs of employees. So for the first time, our our value proposition is, is really in line with what the C-suite knows they need to do, right? They need to start taking a look at in the employee experience and making sure that they are giving their employees the tools that they need to sort of work through where work and life come together, right? Um, I think it's over 60, over 65% now of employees are looking to leave their current employer. Um, and that's a pretty, right? That's a pretty big stat as well as 50% of people have made a regret a healthcare decision that they've made. So it's like, you think about all of these things together and if you can influence outcomes for people and outcomes for organizations, the C-suite starting to listen, which is, is really good for us. Now, we also have payroll administration services, right? So heads of payroll um, are people that we talk to on a regular basis, as well as um, heads of comp and benefits um, and um, even internal communication organizations often um, come to us and ask us to help with a, an employee value prop kind of solution. And uh... AJ, I'm not one of those 65%. Don't worry. I'm uh, very happy here at Starista. Don't worry about that. But, you know, uh, Kelly, was a lot of the, I always like to ask people this because the way people marketed in 2020 is very different than now. A lot of, you know, at Starista, we used to go to a lot of trade shows and meet people there. Maybe we had a booth, maybe we sponsored something. I don't know if a light did that, but if you did talk to me how, the pivot has been talk to me about how the marketing has changed a little bit uh, through this time. Have you done anything differently? Uh, webinars, anything like that, that may have worked or uh, love to share that with the audience. 
Yeah, it's a great question. And I know it's it's on the minds of many, especially as things slowly start to to open up again. Um, so we did. We were, um, you know, we had a very um, a, a sizable part of our budget went to trade shows and events. Um, we were at places like HR Tech, Workday Rising, Oracle World, things of that nature. Um, and what we, I think we did the shift just like anybody and said, that's okay, we can do this in a virtual environment and we put on virtual trade shows. Um, but I'll tell you, um, people are tired, right? Um, and it goes back to that kind of uh, fusing of work and life that we talked about before. There just isn't a line anymore and people are in front of the screen all the time. So what we're finding um, and what we're going to plan for as we move forward is just those more intimate events, right? Used to think about marketing as one to many and then you had the very specific one-to-one but we've got to find the right places in between on the one to few and remain um, just dedicated to being relevant to those groups, right? I don't want to get people together just because it works for us or it's appropriate, you know, this time works for us and we think we should do this. It really needs to be meaningful for that group of people and why you're bringing them together and how you can help. So that's, that's where we're, what we're leaning into as we move forward. Yeah, and I think that's true for any company. There's uh, folks like Winston that love going to the office still and uh, others that uh, probably will never want to come back. So it's uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely different preferences for everybody. And Kelly, what's been kind of a, a shining moment for you that you're particularly proud of during your time at Alight for the last four years? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I will say, I'll give you just a recent one. There's there's a lot of, of examples of things that our people have done for our people throughout the years, right? Whether that be um, our employees um, started a, um, a fund for our other employees who were impacted by um, the hurricanes years ago, right? And then that People Matter Fund continued to grow and is now used for, for many, many different needs of our employees and it's employees helping employees, right? So that is just something that I am proud to be a part of. Um, but I'll tell you, I was on the phone this morning. We do these, um, it's like coffee roulette. So we've got a team of about 70 global colleagues on the marketing team. And I mentioned they all came together through acquisition. So we do uh, just like, let's have coffee. It's a random connection and people just get together for 30 minutes and just talk, right? Not no work agenda, no objectives. So I got to meet with our um, marketing manager in Germany this morning. And she said to me, uh, she thanked me for us um, really taking um, advantage of this remote world, right? And whereas she's in Germany, I've got people scattered around the world. We may not have had the opportunity to see each other, if not maybe once a year. But what we have done is um, we've done virtual wine tastings together as a team. 
we meet on a monthly basis on, you know, different fun topics to make sure that people know each other, know about their families, know about their lives, right? We've done city tours, right? Virtual city tours, um, getting people together. And that's made everything that could be really hard about trying to integrate a global marketing team under one website, one set of processes, et cetera, just still hard, but um, with a path to get through it, right? Because Anya told me this morning, I know who I can call and I wouldn't have known otherwise. And she's talking to other teams, maybe in different functions. And she said, they're not as lucky. So she asked me, hey, can you bring that forward to your peers and ask them to sort of do some of those same things? So that was just a moment where I was like, wow, I thought, yeah, I'm glad we do that, but I didn't know the impact it had all the way to the business, right? Um, so that, that was a good moment. Yeah, we actually had a similar experience. Normally we have done our uh, annual summits in San Antonio, which is our headquarter and all the U.S. people at least come to that. And uh, last year, just out of necessity, we did it uh, over a, uh, I guess, a Zoom session. But it actually was very well received. And we're nowhere as big as you, but we do have offices in four or five countries. And for everybody to be able to join and participate, I thought was a wonderful experience. So we might actually continue to do the annual summit, at least a large part of it online, and then do follow it up with uh, offline. So it's great to hear. It's good. It's good that you got to do that as well. I mean, I think it's just that, you know, not that we weren't remote before when we needed to be, but I just think it's good to see that there are positives to it as well. Right, absolutely. Uh, can we switching to sort of the marketing stack? Uh, do you have any kind of uh, favorite uh, software or products that you love that other marketers could benefit from? That is a great question. We're in the process of really evaluating our stack and trying to um, figure out um, what's next for us, um, particularly in the realm of ABM. Um, what I would say is um, most importantly, I am looking forward to us having our data foundation properly structured so that all of those technologies and tools will actually work as expected, right? If you can, you know, think about our situation, you know, we invented a brand in three months, our CRM and sales ops team sort of, you know, created that infrastructure in three months too. Um, and then if you think about all of those M&A activities, um, you know, we have learned a lot about the importance of data hygiene and the importance of saying no to leaders who say, hey, can't you just do this? I want this view or this field, right? So um, I think we are near a place where we've said no enough, we're getting the foundation baked and then we can start actually putting AI um, and, and some sophisticated technology on top of that and have confidence that we're doing the right things with it. So not an exact answer to your question, but that's kind of where we are in our journey right now. 
And Kelly, you mentioned before, uh, I wanted to talk about Workday, if that's okay, because you mentioned that uh, one of the conferences that you went to, uh, how did kind of Workday change the solutions market? Yeah, I mean, um, earlier when I was talking about the cloud was born, right? For HCM, that was Workday. Um, so that changed everything for us um, from a, a, an ability to add value for to our clients, right? So if I had, I don't know, if I had for, for HR leaders um, using an HCM system, if I had 10 hours to help them before, I was helping them with translations and, um, you know, just trying to get transactions done in a way that made sense, right? Now, if I have 10 hours to spend with a client, I'm helping them think about strategy and about how to engage employees. No, the system stuff's taken care of, right? Check, done. So it was a huge enabler, just like many other cloud technologies have enabled functions to be more strategic. It's a huge enabler for our clients and for us to partner with them in a different way. And, and you touched upon it before. Uh, I, I want to just elaborate on it about what are your clients asking for right now? What, what are some of the things that your, your clients are, are asking for? You know, is it different that you may have done before uh, or you haven't done before now you're doing? Just what just always love to hear like the feet on the street. Yeah. Um, so it, it goes back to that wide range of clients that we talked talk to. So um, in HR technology has been um, coined as kind of behind, right? Um, and so what many of our long-term head, heads of HR are asking us for is help us get ahead, right? Um, because as you all know, people are people. So I, as a person and a human, am used to going on my Amazon app and having something either arrive immediately, if it's music or a movie or what have you, or tomorrow or the next day. And it's an easy transaction and it's done. Um, so then people come to work and have this like, I don't know where to go. I have to go to eight systems. All I want is to view my paycheck, right? Like that is becoming more and more just unacceptable and frustrating. And people don't have time to sort of call a phone number, right? To, to get that guidance unless it, for, for something simple. So I think our clients are asking us to help them bring the experiences they have in their everyday life to the, um, you know, health benefits, payroll, 401k, to how I interact with those things and help me decide. Like benefits are super complicated, right? I was just reading um, over the weekend about an unfortunate scam that is out there where folks who are in between jobs have kind of taken this low cost insurance and then had an unfortunate accident or illness and have just completely found out they're not covered. And so, you know, that's because there's a lot of pages of complicated terminology and um, fine print. And so what our, our solutions do hopefully is simplify that. 
And, you know, that's huge for, for HR as they're kind of bringing that forward to their employees. I'm sure you get a lot of emails and LinkedIn messages given your job title and the companies you've worked with. Uh, so how do you kind of uh, prioritize which ones are you going to respond to and what are emails and messages that you really dislike? Hmm. That's a good question for a marketer. And, you know, right, here's the thing. I don't only get them addressed to me. I get them from the leaders who forward me <laughs> emails that they've gotten that they have enjoyed. Or, oh, this one really caught my attention. They're giving away free shoes, right, or whatever. <laughs> So I am, for me personally, um, I can't, I I can't stand the, the overly contrived emails. I don't really respond to anything that is not personal, um, right? Like, you know, hi, Elizabeth. And you're like, well, my name is. <laughs> um, like that, I feel bad for them. I, I typically write back to them and just say, I think you guys had a mistake. But, um, you know, I, I really like the, the conversations that are more like, hey, would you mind joining this forum or can we get together and solve a problem? Right. Those are just more um, interesting. I also think that the one off, like, let's talk about your website or let's talk about this. I like, I don't have time to talk about those individual things. I need to talk about the enterprise and, and across all of that from a strategic perspective. I will tell you the free pair of shoes does work like with some of my stakeholders because they're sending me that stuff all the time. But then I'm always like, okay, well, wait, but are you really going to talk to this person? And they're like, well, no. So, you know, it's, it's always interesting to see how that comes together. Any kind of cool new technologies or looking forward now that you have the website launched, any other things coming out in later part of this year or next year that you can share? Oh, you know, I, I, um, I can't only because we are in the process of looking across the stack and saying, what, how do we prioritize? So similar to what I would say to an HR buyer, I would recommend to myself is that any, anything that's siloed or not connected isn't going to serve you well. So make sure that there is a true strategy because we've done things in the past where we've had, we've gone all in on LinkedIn lead accelerator, all in on this, and we've missed that 360 degree view of the client. Um, and it, it just kind of fizzled out. So I am, now that we've got the website behind us, really focused on what is our strategy and what is our roadmap and how, what are the trade-offs we have to make between best of breed, enterprise solutions, and um, again, keeping that sort of data foundation as, uh, as solid as we can as we move forward. Kelly, I want to pick up off of that. You know, we love to talk data here uh, at Starista. What role does data play with a light? You know, what's the, what's the value of data that you put into, you know, that put behind your system, your own data? Just talk to me about that. 
Yeah, so from a, what Alight does for HR from a data perspective is, is hugely important, right? So our transactional data from, um, you know, benefits administration claims, from payroll data, um, retirement data, et cetera, um, is hugely important to feed our AI engine so that that AI engine is learning what recommendations to make to people based on their, you know, permutation of, of solutions that they have. So data is um, one of our biggest competitive advantages in the way that um, we can uh, use it to help the person whose data it is, right? Um, when it comes to marketing and CRM and all of that, right, um, very different story. Like we just went through and redid our go-to-market. We did a, a commercial transformation um, the second half of last year. And, you know, lo and behold, we had, I don't know, I think it was something like eight maybe more different um, definitions of a new logo in the organization, right? So that is really difficult to then make sure that we're talking the same language and actually have a go-to-market strategy that will enable us to grow in the way that we want. So that's the kind of foundation that we're looking to build and get some hygiene around. And back to that, like, we have to be able to say no Right. If a new head of whatever comes in and says, I need X, Y, and Z, and that's going to break something, you know, I think permission to say no and here's why, it will be important for us as we move forward. I like that. And that, that's good advice. It was going to be one of my pieces of, of the my next question is uh, one of our final questions as uh, as we wrap here was going to be some advice you wanted to give. But before we get to that, I wanted to kind of understand because I, I love your background because it's there's a variety of different pieces that led you to marketing. But what do you, what role or aspects of the role that you've had in the past has played a pivotal role in what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, in one way or another, just all of them, which I know is a cop-out answer. But you know, when I started and was doing process re-engineering, that really did t- teach me to think about things from an operational perspective, right? Um, I think that that's really important as you've got a global team and a global operations uh, not to break things. Um, but I think the time that I spent working with sales, working on pursuits um, as a solution architect and solution consultant have been the most helpful um, because what I've seen is, um, and I, I've done some research, right? CMO is the shortest tenure um, role in the C-suite, right? And when you dig into the reason why, to me, it comes down to just um, expectation setting and translation, right? Are you talking about the same things? And I think having that background helps translate. Okay, right? And I can help my team. Okay, so when sales is saying this, that doesn't mean go and do 20 webinars. That means the pipeline's slow and they need help building the pipeline. Let's talk about that, right? Let's turn it around to a strategic conversation versus a 
um, you know, a, a, an order taking, yep, check it off the box kind of thing. So um, seems very obvious, but I just think in a lot of cases, it, it's not. So that's helped, uh, helped me and the team for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I read something somewhere. It's, I think, CRO and CMO, it's kind of like 18 months, 21 months. I read that. It's, it's, uh, that's interesting. It's an interesting thing, right? But I, like you said, it's, no one's actually ever addressed it on the call, on, on the, the podcast here, where it was like, well, it's, it's the right expectations, the right goal setting. And, and learning. And I think it really important to, that role with sales and marketing. It, it's like that age old battle, right? But we, we've been hearing more and more, which I love hearing is that sales and marketing to truly make all of this work. It really, you need some alignment there. Absolutely. So yeah, you know, this is awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for your time. This has been uh, amazing. And you could find, uh, you know, go to a light com, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. Congrats again on the new website, Kelly. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Kelly Mahalik. She is the CMO at Alight Solutions. I am Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here, Kelly. And we will talk to you all soon. You got it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. All right. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.